Mouse to Mouse, Episode 15, OK Doki. The secret to an epic adventure is pacing. And this means that, contrary to the feelings of some modern Hollywood producers, you can't just go flat out from start to finish. As the golden age of Disney animated classics clearly illustrates, moments of great drama are often preceded by periods of relative inactivity. In my opinion, a good road trip should take just the same approach. Sure, we could have got our heads down and charged across the country much quicker, but to really enjoy the experience and wring every last memory out of it, it was necessary to take a few breaks here and there. Two nights in Oklahoma City represented just such a rest. When I say rest, of course, this obviously has to be qualified by the fact that we were talking about a family with ants in its pants. So, by some people's standards, our idea of slacking off might very well be considered exhausting. As a childless couple, in the dim and distant past, Sarah and I attempted to do a lazy day, lazing by the pool, just to see what all our friends got out of such an activity. We lasted a good half an hour before looking at each other and concluded that there must be something more interesting we could be doing with our time. So it was then that our quiet interlude simply meant spending a whole day taking in some of the sights of a single city rather than passing through several and hopping into the car to travel for minutes rather than hours. Our first planned excursion of the day was a visit to the Myriad Botanical Gardens, a place that billed itself as one of OKC's most treasured public spaces. The drive there through a city that didn't at first glance seem to be quite as oh-so-pretty as the song suggested was unremarkable. And when we parked opposite the gardens on a parking metre, I must confess that it too looked rather less than promising. I can't say that I, and I would imagine that I have this in common with the vast majority of humanity, have ever been excited about the idea of feeding my hard-earned into a mechanical parking attendant. However, for the first time in my life, in the centre of Oklahoma City, I was pleased to find such a device because it was here, on the corner of 1st Street and Robinson Avenue, some 80 years before, that the world's first parking meter, Parkometer No. 1, was invented and introduced by a man called Carl C. McGee. McGee was a colourful character who, amongst other things, had been what we would now call an investigative journalist, but back then was just a reporter for his own self-founded paper, the Albuquerque Tribune, which he actually started as McGee's Independent in 1922 and had played a pivotal role in uncovering the Teapot Dome scandal, in which Secretary of the Interior Albert Bacon Fall, yes, his middle name really was Bacon, was found to have taken bribes to award two of his friends licences to drill for oil in the Navy Reserve at Teapot Dome, Wyoming, that came under his control, and thus achieved the unwanted distinction of becoming the first person to be convicted of a crime while a serving presidential cabinet member, an offence for which he received a year in jail. Indeed, Fall's famous speech to the Congressional hearing in which he explained oil drainage using the metaphor of straws and milkshakes ended up as part of a memorable performance by Daniel Day-Lewis that helped him to win the 2008 Best Actor Oscar for There Will Be Blood as Daniel Plainview, a character loosely based on Edward Doheny, one of the friends who ended up being so problematic to Albert Fall. On top of his involvement in this case, that until Watergate was pretty much the touchstone for American political scandals, McGee also shot at a judge, killing a bystander, who accused him of corruption in the lobby of a Las Vegas hotel, and is credited with giving the E.W. Scripps media empire its motto, Give light and the people will find their own way, although he did borrow this from Dante. Other than this, 
Carlton Cole McGee lived a pretty uneventful life until dying at the age of 74 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in 1946. Our initial reservations about the Myriad Botanical Garden's claim to consider itself a treasured public space were quickly dispelled when we entered its delightful children's garden. The area combined the ordered beauty of a formal garden with the carefree charm of an adventure playground, and both of the kids absolutely adored it. We enjoyed watching them run, climb and hide amongst a series of both natural and imaginatively man-made obstacles, but both Sarah and I noted that one thing the garden did seem to be lacking was any significant shade, and boy did we need it, on a day that seemed to be all set to eclipse even the fiercest excesses of our time in Texas. We were able to gain a little respite under a nicely appointed pergola, while Tyler and Annabelle took part in a free workshop, in which they, along with some local kids, made edible boats from a range of delicious organic ingredients. And once again, as it so often has in America, it struck us just what a very welcoming and friendly place it can be. Once they had finished their gourmet shipbuilding and done another circuit of the adventure garden, I, using my usual impeccable logic, decided that the best way for us to gain some tangible relief from the heat was to pop inside the big glass building that bore the name The Crystal Bridge. Now, in my defence, I had assumed that on entering said structure, we would be greeted by the signature American icy blast that would herald a place of air-conditioned wonder. And as we walked through the automatic doors, those were the exact conditions that we found. What I had not perhaps considered quite so fully was that the tropical greenhouse that we promptly paid to enter might not offer the same level of cooling. As tropical greenhouses go, this was a very nice one, offering an array of waterfalls, butterflies and even a couple of supposedly talking parrots. I say supposedly because despite us attempting to strike up a conversation, the pair remained resolutely mute. They were clearly rather less enamoured of our English accent than good old Jasmine in Texas. The flora and fauna without doubt marked the place out as a veritable Eden, but its qualifications as a relaxing oasis away from the harsh glare of the Oklahoma sun were questionable to say the least. Indeed, deciding to wander around inside what amounted to a giant magnifying tube in order to cool down just as the noonday sun reached its apogee would probably have to be filed under the Mad Dogs and Englishmen category, alongside the time that Sarah and I decided to indulge in a round of roadside mini-golf on a 140-degree August afternoon in the Arizona desert, to the astonishment of massed ranks of local people who stood inside the air-conditioned 19th hole pointing at the crazy English folks. Suffice to say that our period in this central OKC jungle was not an extended one, and that my suggestion of following it up with a stroll around the nearby zoological gardens was given exactly the kind of short shrift that it deserved. Looking around for something a little more air-conditioned, we decided, having happened across a suitably colourful leaflet, that we would spend the remainder of the day at the Science Museum of Oklahoma. This, of course, meant departing from our meticulously planned route, and it took a fair while to get our sat-nav to recognise either the street address or the zip code. But eventually, after 20 minutes or so of driving around, we drew up at the museum, only to find that it was actually right next door to our original zoological destination. I grew up in London, spending countless days in my summer holidays in the labyrinthine corridors of the world-famous Science Museum in South Kensington, and have made sure, as a father, to continue the tradition with my own children, who I think have come to regard the place with similar affection. There is no doubt that it is a world-class collection of important scientific machines, instruments and principles, presented for free and in a lively manner that is a must for any visitor to our capital. The Science Museum in OKC, however, was an entirely different kettle of fish. 
It certainly didn't have anything like the heritage, or for that matter, the priceless collection of its London counterpart. But from start to finish, this place approached a huge array of ideas and concepts that could broadly be labelled scientific in a totally interactive, enjoyable and child-friendly manner that, just like Frontier Texas back in Abilene, owed so much to the sort of edutainment that Disney theme parks have pioneered since the 1950s. We've been to quite a few of these sorts of museums across America, and this one ranked right up there with the Boston Children's Museum as the most fun they, and let's be honest, we, have had without meeting a six-foot mouse. Although they did enjoy meeting a seven-foot robot instead. In fact, exactly this kind of reliance on using costume characters to build lasting emotional memories with their junior visitors is another notable way that places of education and entertainment the world over have learned the lessons of Anaheim and Orlando and I, for one, have spent many an afternoon's enjoyment because of it. It seems that, in a strange way, through the success of his desire to build a place where families could have fun together, Walt Disney has actually ended up creating a vast range of museums, cafes and businesses that have bought into exactly that philosophy, albeit seldom as elaborately or successfully as his own brainchild. Whatever the rights and wrongs of this approach, I can definitely say that having got there at around one o'clock, the entire Brooks family had a whale of a time and were among the last people to eventually be ushered out of the museum when it closed at five. In these few hours, we really only scratched the surface of this children's wonderland, but the museum performed that most valuable trick of teaching the kids all sorts of interesting lessons while never distracting them from the idea that what they were really doing was playing and having a whole lot of fun. (laughs) 